the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in the hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet, Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet, not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the, the crowd, and went on his way. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching? With authority and power, he gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and they left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This is the word of the Lord.
A blessed Chinese New Year to all of you. Uh, according to the Chinese, you know, the zodiac, you know, this year is the year of the rooster. And if you look up the Webster Dictionary, it will define to you what a rooster is. It is a mature male chicken. A mature male chicken, and that is the rooster. So there's a story of three sons. They, they had a wonderful career. And being dutiful sons, they wanted to give each of them a special gift to their elderly mother. The first son, Milton, says to, boasted to his brothers, I, I'm going to build a big house for mother. The second son, Gerald, says, well, I will give her a Mercedes-Benz with a driver. Now, the third son by the name of Donald, he is slightly different. He says, you know, Mama enjoys reading the Bible, but she can't see well nowadays. Her eyes are getting blurred. So I'm going to send her a very special parrot and this parrot can recite the whole Bible. It took the church elders 12 years to train this parrot. So you just tell the book of the Bible, the chapter and the verse, and the parrot will read that verse for you. So later, in a few months later, the brothers got back together, and they each received a letter of thanks from their mother. The first one, the first son, which the mother wrote, Milton, Thank you for the house. But you know, I can only live in one room. It's so huge. I spend all my time cleaning it. Second son, Gerald says, to, to, to Gerald, Thank you for the car. Although I'm too old to leave the big house your brother gave me. That seems to make the driver unhappy because all he does is sit down in the kitchen and drink my coffee. To the third son, Donald, she says this in her letter of thanksgiving. You are great, but thank you for the little chicken you sent. It was delicious. <laughs> well, let us now go to something serious. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day that we all can come together with, with our families and loved ones to celebrate the Chinese New Year together and to come to worship together in this sanctuary on this Lord's Day. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The sermon title is The Lord's Anointed, and the scripture was read just now to you. I'll be going through all the verses but don't, don't worry, it won't take a long time. I will go through very quickly through the verses and let's see what the Lord is speaking to us this morning. Uh, let's start with just an introduction in case some of you uh, have not been uh, with us for the last month for uh, what I call the past few sermons when we started in January of this year. The church theme for this year is being disciples of the Spirit-filled Messiah. And... During the first uh, Sunday of this year, 
pastor preached on God fulfills the promise of Jesus, right? The covenant given to Abraham. And then we look at how God prepares his people by sending John the baptizer. And also God prepares his son when Jesus was baptized by John the baptizer and the Holy Spirit came upon, John, upon Jesus Christ. And last week, pastor spoke on how God prepares his son when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after he has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And today is the, the end part for January. And that's where I continue. And this Sunday and today, we are going to look at the Lord's anointed. Jesus, the Lord's anointed. Now, if you have read your scripture and you have attended church a few Sundays ago, we learned that in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, 22, the Spirit of the Lord descends upon Jesus and says he is well pleased with him. So Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. How could Jesus overcome the temptation of the devil? Because Jesus was filled, full of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to look at how Jesus is still anointed by God. In the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus began his ministry. Jesus began his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Very short on anoint or anointing. To anoint means to, to authorize. To anoint means to set apart a person for a particular work or service. So just like Jesus has been anointed, we are also anointed by the Holy Spirit, set apart to do a particular work or service for the Lord. And anointing in the New Testament refers to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So, as I mentioned, just as Jesus was anointed for God's mission, we also have that same anointing available to us. So today's scripture is in the framework, in this scripture framework, powered, Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus' mission, and Jesus' power and authority. So let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, verse 14, which has, which has been read, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. I, I emphasize on the word in red. In the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is very important before we even begin our ministry, to have an effective ministry. And then we were told news about him spread through the whole countryside. Now, Jesus, if you, if you can remember, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit during a time when he was still in the womb of his mother Mary, the earthly mother. The Holy Spirit was already with Jesus. And during his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism, right? And the dove came and sat upon Jesus. So Jesus' ministry is spirit-powered and it is very important for us. If we want to have a ministry, to start our ministry, we must be empowered. If not, we are going to fail miserably. 
Duncan Campbell is uh, known for the Hebraic revival in Scotland in the 1950s. And he said this, the kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches becoming filled with men, but by men in our churches becoming filled with God. In other words, with the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. So what is the fifth lesson we can learn here? True anointing is the power and influence of the Holy Spirit saturating and permeating a person. And second thing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit makes our ministry effective. Okay, now verse 14 to 15. I'd like you to, to read the, the print in red. News about him spread through the whole countryside. And then he was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. In other words, what? Jesus became famous, huh? Now, you know, there are people who like to become famous, they want to become a celebrity, become popular. But Jesus, remember, never attempted to become popular. It's the people who wanted him to be popular. So, why did Jesus become popular? Because, why? He has become a great teacher. And also, of the miracles he had performed. So, Jesus did two things. Jesus preached the word of God, and he also did healing, wonderful things for God, for the, for the people. If we look at verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So Jesus was brought up in, in Nazareth. Remember, Joseph and Mary, both the earth parents, lived in Galilee, and they were from Nazareth, the hometown, and they had to go to Bethlehem because there was a census by Caesar Augustus, remember? And after that, they had to run to Egypt because Herod, King Herod wanted to kill Jesus. So when King Herod died, what happened? Jesus and his parents went back to Nazareth. So that's why the scripture tells us he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Now here's just a map showing you Nazareth. Nazareth is in Galilee. Now there were three Jewish provinces during the time of Jesus. There were three. One is uh, Galilee, the other one is Judea, and the, the other one is Perea. Uh, places like Decapolis were occupied by non-Jews at that time. So Jesus came from the province of Galilee, and his hometown is Nazareth. And on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Oh, that is very interesting. Now, what are synagogues during the time of Jesus? They are just like churches. Temples, people, you know, the Jews will make maybe once a year journey all the way to Jerusalem. That's where the temple of Jerusalem is. And that's where they have the rituals and so on. But most of the teaching is done in the synagogue. Prayer and the teaching of the Word of God. Now, remember we said, as was his custom. It means what? Jesus is a regular worshipper. How? Oh, that is important. That's why the fifth lesson for us today, parents especially, have we prepared our children to attend church regularly? And I always admire parents, young parents, babies, they even take them to church, you know, you know, sometimes you want to prepare to come to church with a baby. It takes a lot of effort, you know. 
you could repair the nail, you could you get a diaper, you could get so many things, right? And some parents say, oh, it's too tedious, I don't want to come to church because of my child. No way. We have to bring the child because studies have done, if we bring children early in their age to church, they will, when they become adults, they will be strong in their faith. I remember my two sons, whenever they were young, I still take them to church, but they are very well behaved. They never make noise in the church. It's only good. We are scared, you know, when they make noise, we get distracted, isn't it? And parents get very, you know, you, you feel very shy because your, your, your children uh, make some noise and distract the others. It's okay. Remember, Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. Don't prevent them. Children must come to church. So, to us, now adults, do we attend church only during weddings, funerals, baptism, Christmas and Easter only? We have to make a point to attend church regularly, to be an effective Christian. The second framework, Jesus' mission. And here we are going to look at Luke chapter 4, verse 15 to 30. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. So just now you find one child, Ivan, I, I right? She, he opened, he, he, he unrolled the scroll and read from the scripture. And that was exactly what Jesus did. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I like to read to you from now the new King James Version. Just now I was reading to you from NIV. Uh, new international version because there's a difference here. You look in red. Here it says, He opened the book. In, in NIV it says, He what? He unrolled the scroll. But here, Jesus opened the book to Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 2. Now please note this. Right? We are going to revisit this. These three words open the book. And that's where he read from Luke. Now, on this particular day, of course, Jesus was asked, being like a guest preacher, so he was asked to read the scripture. And that's where he read, he opened his scroll to Isaiah 61, verses 1 to B. Take note, why B? That means Jesus did not read this portion in red. And the day of vengeance on our God. You find that Jesus did not read that part in Luke's gospel. Why? Why did he do so? Before he even read, you know, he comes to the part, and the vengeance of our God, and the day of vengeance of, Lord, of our God, Jesus. You know what he did? He closed the book. So just now he opened it. He read 61 verses 1. Verse 1. And then when it comes to the part, the vengeance of the day of the vengeance of the Lord, he closed the book. Why did Jesus do that? Why didn't Jesus mention the day of the vengeance of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God? Because to Jesus... He comes 
in his first coming is to bring salvation. Jesus is not coming to bring vengeance. But Jesus, when he comes a second time, he is going to judge us. The first time he comes is to bring salvation. But when he comes a second time, he is going to judge us. And that is something we have to take note. Jesus is going to judge us. And that's why Isaiah continues one, to comfort all who mourn. And they will mourn. And we will mourn on that day. He closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. And not only that, we were told in the scripture, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. They were amazed. Wow, Jesus was reading from Isaiah 61 verse 1. Where did he get all his knowledge? And worse still, Jesus concluded, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What is Jesus trying to say to them? Hey, this is what Isaiah is saying about me. I am the Messiah. And of course, the Jews do not like it. They say that is blasphemy. Jesus proclaimed he is the Messiah of Christ because Jesus is the true Christ. He is a Messiah sent from God and is coming to bring the year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee. In the Jewish context, 50 years, you know, that is the year of Jubilee where, you know, debts are cleared and so on. There is going to be good news for the poor. Now, here it doesn't mean physically poor, no money. It's those who are poor in spirit. We can be rich today, we have a lot of money, but we can be poor in spirit. You need God. There's something of vacuum in our hearts, as Pascal says, which has to be filled with the Spirit of God. Liberty to the captives, he says. What do you mean, liberty to the captives? Do you know sometimes we are all captives in the modern age? You know what are we captives to? We are captives to our iPhone. We are captives to our iPad. We are captives to our computer. We are captive to our car. We are captive to our house. We are captive to quite a number of things in our lives today. And Jesus says, well, I come to bring liberty to the captives. And we become captive in, the, in our, the things that we have, the things that we enjoy, we will, there's a tendency to forget about Christ. There's a tendency to forget about God. Recovery of sight to the blind. Here, it's not just to, to, to what I call uh, recovery from physical blindness, but actually what? Spiritual blindness. Sometimes we cannot see because why? Satan has blotted it out from us, our eyes. Our eyes couldn't see it. Our eyes become blur that we cannot see the truth of God. Sometimes we say, everything is so clear. How come uh, this fellow cannot see the truth? Huh? Because why? The devil has blocked it from you. Liberty to the oppressed. Are you oppressed today? Notice, when Jesus read this passage from Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 2, Jesus says, this is my mission. And if it is the mission of Jesus, then it should be our mission also. Bring good news to the poor, 
That's what we need to if we want to follow in the steps of Christ. Liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, liberty to the oppressed, that is our mission. Don't say, that is just mission, not my mission. It's your vision also, your mission. So, the mission of Jesus is not the mission of the church only, it is a mission for every one of us. Now, verse 22 says this, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came out from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Wow. You know, sometimes uh, they always say, ah, Isn't this uh, so-and-so's son? Isn't this so-and-so's daughter? You know, whenever we meet somebody in church. The Jews did not see Jesus as God's son. The Jews saw Jesus as Joseph's son. They could not. They could not see the truth. And that's why in the scripture, when Jesus was baptized, Luke 3.23, let me read. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, and a voice of heaven, you are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased. You are my son. It's God's son. Who do you see Jesus as? Somebody's our son? Joseph's son? No. We see Jesus as God's son. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, if you look at that chapter 13, go back and read. Verse 55, I read. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Referring to Joseph. Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? And aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offence of him. That is in Matthew's Gospel. We were told Jesus' words were gracious, kind and affectionate when he exposed his words. And they were amazed. How could he speak like that? He spoke with authority. He spoke with authority because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And he spoke in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus continued in verses 23 to 24. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Actually, we should pronounce it Capernaum because Capernaum means the house of Nahum. Capernaum means house. Capernaum, not Capernaum. Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is acceptable, is accepted in his hometown. What did the Jews expect him to do? They expect him to, ah, now, you are, since you are here, Jesus, perform miracles. Let us see. But Jesus' mission was to preach, to spread the good news, not just to heal alone. And the Jews were expecting him, now show us, now, Jesus, what you can do. And Jesus knew. And that's why Jesus said these words to them. And he knew that they do not accept him. 
And that's why he says, no prophet is accepted in his hometown, meaning in Nazareth. And he continued, verse 25, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. Oh my goodness, you know. He said, uh, today the scripture is fulfilled. People already got angry at him, you know. So Jesus uh, is not involved in a popular contest, you know. Jesus doesn't want to become a celebrity. Uh. He tells the truth. He speaks the truth. And that's why we need to speak the truth, each one of us, to follow the steps of Christ. He talked about the, the Gentiles instead of about the Jews. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. That means not to any of the Jews. But to whom? But to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And that widow is a Gentile like us, not a Jew. A Gentile is a non-Jew. And then he continued in verse 27, And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Not one of them was cleansed, but Naaman the Syrian. My goodness, you can imagine the anger of the Jews in the synagogue at that time. Jesus was talking about the favor, God's favor for the Gentiles. For the Gentiles. Because why? The message of Christ is not for the Jews only. The message of Christ is for us, each one of us, as Gentiles. Because God wants to redeem the whole world. People of all races, cultures, all languages is not only to the Jews. And that's where you go to examples. The thing is that the Jews were okay with Jesus as a healer and teacher, but not as the saviour of the world. Because to them, it's only for us. You know, I learned from my wife, Teo Chiu. Nang kakinang. On people only, kakinang. The Jews had that sort of attitude, kakinang. The exclusiveness of the Jews. Jesus did not come just for his own people, but for the Gentiles. And so, you see, we see the Jews, they wanted to restrict God's promises to themselves. That's why they boasted, we have Abraham. We are God's chosen people. And to talk about giving salvation to the Gentiles, oh no, no way. And that's why we ask ourselves the fifth lesson for us, friends, this morning is, do we keep Jesus to ourselves, Kakinang? We have the power, the anointing that Jesus modeled for us. Empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim release of the captives, to recover sight to the blind. And that is the mission of the church. And that is the mission of each one of us. And verse 28 to 30, And all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got, they got up and drove him out of town and took him to the brow of the hill in which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. And he walked right through them and went his way because... To Jesus, this is the beginning of rejection by the Jews. And if a preacher to come and tell you all, all these things, you are seen, you know, you are, you know, you are not going to heaven. You get so angry. You know, you, you come out to the rostrum here, be here, and you throw the, you throw the, the, what call that, the, the preacher out, 
Unfortunately, there is no hill here. God is open to the Gentiles like us. And so you see, the people wanted to kill him, but then that was not the right time. The time of Jesus is not right out because why? Finally, they killed Jesus. The first was attempted murder. The second one was murder. And they crucified him because they rejected Jesus. So, friends, in following Jesus, each one of us, we may face rejection by people. And not only that, just like Jesus, rejection is likely to come from those closest to us. A person who is close to us in the family, we can even get rejection because we have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the third part. Jesus' miracles. Now, Jesus is Lord of all. He taught the Word of God as we found in Luke chapter 4, verses 31 to 32. He taught with authority. Why with authority? Because He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's why the people were amazed at His teaching. He did not go to theological college. Because why? He is the Son of God. And Luke chapter, 34, uh, chapter 4, verse 34 to 36, we, 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 we read, Jesus drove out impure spirits from a man with authority and power. Look, impure spirits. And then, you look at the works of Jesus. Heal Simon Peter's mother of high fever. Notice, the Bible says he rebuked the fever. He didn't say, be well. The Bible says he rebuked the fever. Jesus, why rebuked the fever? Because Jesus says, he's just telling us, he is saying he's doing it with authority and power. He rebuked the fever. And Simon Peter's mother-in-law was healed. Could even get up and serve Support some more. Wonderful miracle. Chapter 4, verse 40, Jesus healed the sick with authority and there were many who were sick. Of course, when Simon's mother-in-law was healed, the news would have spread and everybody came, right, with people who need to be healed by Jesus. And Luke chapter 4, verse 41, Jesus cast out demons. So Jesus did all this, remember, with authority. Now, while Jesus do works, do works, uh, do works, that means deeds, Jesus kept on preaching. In Luke chapter 4, verse 42, Jesus went to a solitary place as told by Mark, not Luke, it was not recorded in Luke, but Mark's gospel tells us Jesus went to a solitary place. What did he do there? To meditate, to pray to his Father. And that's why Jesus now Jesus is showing example. We need to have a solitary time for him. And Luke chapter 4, verses 3 to 44, Jesus proclaimed the good news to other cities and he kept on preaching. Jesus did not stop preaching. He kept on preaching. Jesus did not just go, what? Notice in verse, uh, verse 43 to 44, uh, 44 Jesus proclaimed the good news to other cities. 
So it's not only Penang. It's all over Malaysia. It's all over the world. He kept on preaching. What is the fifth lesson we have, friends? Emphasize the preaching of God's word as Jesus did. It's very important, the preaching of the word of God. And the preaching of the word of God is done well when you have a Bible study and when we attend church. We attend church, we listen to the word of God. Now, the most of the time is what? We spend about one and a half hours in church. I've been to the States, huh? even the United Methodist Church. Huh? And you know how, how, how long is the sermon? 15 minutes only. Huh? I was so shocked. Huh? Oh, I was saying my, my home church, huh? sermon is more than uh, it's about 45 minutes. Huh? But just only 15 minutes, huh? and that's all. Huh? I haven't even won my seat. Huh? It's over. The sermon is over. So it's like, well, no. some Christians, uh, some of us, uh, we, we prefer short sermons. Uh. We call it sermonettes. Uh. And sermonettes is not for Christians. Sermonettes is for Christianettes. <laughs> we have to treasure the time in the church especially on this Lord's Day. And Jesus was never distracted from His purpose. Jesus was never distracted. We can be distracted in doing our mission for the world, of, for, the, for God. Conclusion. Friends, the anointing is available to everyone, but then it's few walking it. Few walking it. So there's a balancing act for the church. Do we emphasize on the word ministry and neglect the deed ministry? With action, or we emphasize so much on a deed ministry, we forgot about the word ministry, and that's where we need to have a balance. If you're interested, read doing Liftin. He talks about the balance of the word ministry and the deed ministry in the church, and we need to have this balance. So, challenge for us, friends, is this today Jesus' mission is the church mission. And it's your mission. And remember, the words of Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 2. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And Jesus was a bind of your wounds. When we come for celebration of the Chinese New Year, we may miss people whom we loved our loved ones who are not with us anymore. I have both parents gone back to the Lord. My elder sister has also gone back to the Lord. My sister-in-law, second sister-in-law, also gone back to the Lord. So we miss them at the reunion dinner. They are no, no longer with us physically on earth. There are some of us during this time of festivity. You know, we have the members with us, but they are not with us. So we feel brokenhearted. And those who have never returned home for a long time, we feel brokenhearted. People may say unkind words to you, you feel brokenhearted. You are disappointed. Your job, your business, you feel brokenhearted. But remember this promise of Jesus, which I shared with the children this morning. Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 2. Jesus heals the brokenhearted and will bind your wounds. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word.
Father, at this time even, as we are celebrating the Chinese Lunar Year, let us be assured that you come to heal the brokenhearted and bind out our wounds, and we have this assurance from you. And Father, help us to remember also our mission to preach the good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind, and to set the day of the Jubilee. We pray, Father, Father, you will speak to each one of us in our hearts. Even as we go from this place, we come to serve and we depart to serve you, we will share the word of God with others and keep on sharing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.